Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Fred Fuck from long distance somehow gets it to go. We can't believe it. The hat and the glasses come off. Fred Funk with the birdie at 16. All right, welcome into Terps on the Tee with the Hawk. Fred Funk. I always pause when I say that. Because I just know you as Fred Funk. Well, uh, right. The hawk. With, the, with the chicken hawk. Chicken the hawk, yes. Chicken the hawk. Somebody asked about that the other day. They asked me about the the, uh, the uh, podcast. And, oh, I love listening to the chicken the hawk. And I just went, I, I, my brain is so more into the branding. The branding. Terps on the tee. By the way, Terps just had a new golf coach. I forgot his name. So why did I mention it? I don't know. Um, did they really? What I happened? Wow. I, don't, I don't know. I think he's the the new Golf coach, okay, assistant, but they made a. I guess I have to look that up. I'm lax in that. Uh, so we have not. We had a week off, you know, because it's podcasting is very tiring, and you know you need to break every once in a while. So uh, we have not talked since the U.S. Open, in which John Rom, um, if you believe in karma, as John Rom does, wins the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, and I he won it. I know anybody who says, oh, Louis Oosthuizen blew it. Well, go F yourself uh, because that was not the case. I mean, John Rahm, those last two birdies, and you know as a right-handed putter, left to right is your least favorite. At least that's what is, most people think. Uh, those two putts that he hit uh, were just silly, and he grabbed that trophy. He really did. And he was my, if you remember, he was my pick. I do remember that, yes. Yeah, Big and kind of like every – well, it's like he's pretty much everybody's pick. <laughs> I wanted Usti to win, but at the same time, like I said, John won it. And also, really, when you think what happened with him at Memorial, yeah, that was great that he won that. It was just like, okay, back at you guys. Sure. You knew I would have won Memorial, which he would have. And he played great golf. And then those putts on the last two holes. Oh. That first one broke 10 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Left to right, downhill, left to right. Those are nightmare putts that match speed and line. Right. And and then on 18 was ridiculous again. And uh, and then Usi hit the one. You know, now it's he's got to do something. Right. And and not crash. And uh, and he did. He hit that one bad drive. He pulled it over on 17. And he played beautiful. Nobody swings the club better than Adam Scott and Oosthuizen. In my, right. I mean, there's some really pretty swings out there, but his is beautiful. I, I, you know, and Louis said, I listen, I, and, you know, the broadcasters, oh, there's so much room to the right on 17. And Louis's like, fellas, I'm trying to get down there as far as I can to leave myself a wedge in. So I got a good birdie opportunity. And I just, I pulled it. It wasn't, it wasn't a nervous swing. I just, I was trying to get down there as far as I could. I, I can't fault him for that. And then on 18, obviously, if you go left, there's no chance uh, for him. What I found really interesting was, Rom on 18 in that bunker and everybody's going, where is he going out of this bunker? And I mean, obviously he pulled off what he wanted to pull off because if you are anywhere, make a mistake heading towards that flag with the water behind your tournament's over. It's over. Yep. Your chance to win is done. And I thought it was yep. brilliant that he played the shot that he played. And obviously the putt that he made, um, you know, that'll go down in the annals of, of one of the great finishes in the U S open history. It really was. It was an exciting leaderboard at the turn. It was the who's who of the who's who. Uh, everybody up there with Kepka and Rory and just on and on. It had the, it had a great list of names. And you were just looking to see 
how was this going to end and who was going to hold on and who was going to separate themselves from the field. And they ended up separating the wrong way. Uh, they, uh, they, Bryson what yeah, that? yeah, Bryson crashed and, and then, uh, you know, just a couple of mistakes by, uh, Kepka and yeah. Rory and, and all of a sudden it's, it's a two horse battle. Really. It was Usti's tournament. Sure. And, and then Rom did what Rom did and, and, he didn't steal it from him. He, like you said, he earned it. He earned it. And, and it was, he played some great golf and that course is a monster. It's just really, really hard. Yeah. And the way they set it up, even, even without a U.S. open setup, the normal setup for the normal tournament they have is incredibly how, how hard that South course is. Right. And it gets all the respect and all the, deserves comments that it gets. It's a beautiful place. Every time I played it, I always said, I'd love to have my house here. Boy, I'd love to have my house here. <laughs> this, this would be the prettiest lot on the, on the planet right here. But, uh, but the tournament was fantastic. No question. Yeah, instead you moved to Austin. Uh, so, well, um, <laughs> I, I, I was, you know, watching, uh, Bryson down the stretch. I mean, he, at one point, first off, I mean, he nearly aced, uh, the part three there and made the turn and was right. He had the lead at one point. Yeah. Then just absolutely once it went south, I mean, it went south. A quad. I mean, I'm, I'm just watching him and it's like there's Shank City going on. I'm like, holy moly. I just hadn't seen that from a pro in a while. Yeah, that was shocking because he lost total control of his swing and his game. You know, it was, he plays that balls to the wall game and, mm -hmm. um, I think his ball slipped something, <laughs> <laughs> something happened. I mean, he just, I don't know if it was pressure. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was just a different mindset. Something flipped and all of a sudden he had nothing. He, he yeah. went from total control to no control. Amazing. Uh, and he, but he came back and he, and he played well uh, at, at the travelers uh, by the way, the travelers. So you're, I mean, you're busy doing your own thing. So you're, you're playing what in the senior uh, players championship, right? Yeah. But I was at the airport and I saw that whole playoff. I know so it was amazing. It was amazing. The shots, yep. the putts that they were making one yep. on top of each other was just high drama. And I'm laughing going, you really going to eight sudden death playoff holes. Uh, and Kramer Hickok, uh, more, you know, a lot, a lot of praise to him. Hung in there, had to birdie 18 to force the playoff. That was spectacular. And then in a Harris English, I mean, just like I said, they were haymakers going back and forth. Uh, what I want to ask you, they is, were, they were par haymakers. Correct. Correct. They weren't birdie haymakers. It was like saving their butts every hole. I mean, Hickok did have a chance. I forget which playoff hole it was, but he had a, 30-footer, 35-footer that was online the entire time and then lipped out would have been the victory there. Um, so he, I'm sure he feels that. was the that third was. or fourth hole, I think, yeah. of the playoff. Yeah. Uh, would you, do you like that playoff format just going back to 17 and 18 the whole time? Somebody suggested yeah. on, on Twitter that they think if there's a playoff that – uh, they should be a coin cost. I always do. I always say coin cost. It's not the freight. It's coin toss. Chip. Coin toss. Yeah. Yes. Um, that the players should pick the holes of the playoff. I thought that's interesting, but I know for television and for logistics, it makes sense from from the PGA standpoint. But to go seventeen and eighteen back and forth, back and forth. Would you like that? Or would you rather see something different? <sighs> 
I think it would be determined by what kind of course it is. So you, and what kind of finishing holes it is. And actually I wasn't at the airport. I was at the, uh, at the restaurant and Bo Hosser was playing in the, uh, he, he played at the travelers and he was at the dinner with us and he had it on his phone. So I saw the first three holes in the hotel room and I had to meet these guys and he had it on, on his phone. And ironically that TPC Hartford is, one of my favorite golf courses on the PGA tour mm-hmm. and they did a major redo back in the nineties. And it was the best redo of any golf course I've ever seen holes 10 through 15 are brand new holes. They, wow. they, they didn't have, it was just trees and hay fields and stuff over there. And they just knocked everything down and they put some homes back there, but they uh, built some great holes and really made that golf course. In fact, 16 and 17, uh, artists 16 is the same green but we used to hit from way left of 17 t across 17 t to 16 green and the balls were crossing 17 and 16 t shots were crossing so you needed a traffic light <laughs> when you were sitting there you'd wait for him and then you would go and it really? was really crazy and then they kept that same green but then they built that new t back there were 15 so what i was getting at was that you have one of the best driving holes, short driving holes, number 15 in all the golf. It's one of those driving holes. Even I love to play, uh, back then I could reach it with a driver, mm-hmm. but it was a truly a risk reward hole had a crazy green water to the left, uh, a big runoff on the right side and hump and bumps on the greens, but you could make Eagle there and you could make sixes there. Wow. And, and it was just a fun hole, which would have been a perfect playoff hole, at least at some point. Right. Go go to fifteen, and even even do I was I actually like the uh, what do you call it the composite not a really composite what aggregate. am I thinking of aggregate thank you aggregate Maryland. and go back there and play that would be a perfect course to go back there and say all right we're going to play fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen and play huh. a total score huh. and instead of a sudden death well, and like it like the players that, right some majors majors do that well the British does it a three hole. And the players followed that and they play 16, 17, 18, but there you have 15 is such a great hole and the spectators love it. And all the spectators are already there. They're around those holes. They don't, and they have a lot of spectators. So uh, they used to be the second most crowded behind Phoenix um, before COVID. Uh, They would get a hundred thousand fans on Sundays. What you played 16 at Phoenix with the, Oh yeah. Yeah. What is that? What is that like? it's uh it's crazy it's fun it's uh it's a situation where a lot of the guys get mad and they don't want to they don't like it and and to me if they don't like it then don't play the tournament you got to go there and just say hey this is part of the deal right it's almost a one one and done thing you get in there and and uh you, you just experience this theater they created this amphitheater and just surrounded with people and they get pretty hyped up. They got the alcohol flowing and everything. And you miss the green. They wear you out. Hey, you funked up. Hey, funk you. And and it's, it's crazy. And then they yell on your backswing and they, they do all sorts of stuff. So they do do that too. I thought they they do that. I thought they're, well, the the drunks will, they try to time it, but they're not timing it exactly right. They, there's always want that one loud guy that wants to be the first voice heard. Right. Right. And yeah. So you're always dealing with that. I got corn cob in my mouth there. Nice. Um, nice. But uh, 
yeah, it, that 16th is, is amazing. But the playoff was, was something else. Kramer was a uh, uh, Longhorn, and he was Bo, Bo Hostler's uh, teammate for a year or two. He was Feast's teammate yeah. when they won the Nationals. That's right. They're roommates. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really good player, really good guy. Uh, apparently works his butt off from his yeah. reputation. And, yeah. and uh, you know, he's getting his just desserts. He's uh, put himself in position to win. I was hoping he would knock one off. Although I like Harris English, too, a lot. Sure. And I, and I, I, know, I know Harris more than I know Kramer, actually. So here's the thing that, you know, in, on my side of the microphone, that is always, the question is always asked to the to more times when you lose – tournament than when you win but that question is what what did you learn and i don't think you learn until you actually take stock later on but so what do you learn what is what is kramer hickok what do you think he learns from that experience you've been through that experience of being being there didn't get it done what did you learn from it well i don't think anything he could take from that not be positive he was he was so focused he was so into it um, both of them were grinding their butts off to, to keep, stay alive. Mm -hmm. And, and it was very seldom. It seemed like it was a winning putt. It was a stay alive putt right. and they're knocking their first putts by and making them coming back. And they stayed in there and they hit really great tee shots on 17 all the time, but they hit terrible tee shots on 18 all the time. Right, and, right. and that's a much easier tee shot than eight, than 17. 17 is really intimidating. Um, the, problem with that and, and actually uh, both focused in on that was 17 is a really tough pin up on the top there right so so very very difficult if you land it on top it goes over and if you land it on the bottom it usually doesn't go to the top right. and it stays on the bottom so you have a tough putt and they said they had the pin um too far front and a little too far right on 18 where it was really difficult to get close right so you didn't have attack pins on either one of them. They were more defense pins. Right. And they've usually had it, uh, the 18th pin, whenever I've watched it in the past, yeah. is, is a little easier to get to, even though they, they're hitting wedges in where they're driving it on, if they hit the good drives. Yeah, there's no room between, behind that bunker. This right. last pin, was there was no room basically to land it. And then Bob gave an insight that was really good that nobody would know. They put new sand in since last year. Oh. So – uh, that sand was a lot different than what Spieth had. So when Spieth, they replayed a shot, absolutely, and you could see it check up, and yeah. then barely get you know it just went in the hole perfect, but it checked yeah. up. They had that loose sand, that real deep loose sand, and you can't get any spin on it, right. and it always releases. So the pin was really tight, and it was very difficult on all their sand shots all week to get it close. But it's a great golf course. They have a uh, record of people. No matter what kind of game, my kind of game, mm -hmm. the bombers, everybody could win on that golf course. It rewards uh, really good shot making and really good driving of the ball okay. for the week. Okay, so you didn't answer my question. Thanks a lot. So what do you learn? What do you learn from an experience oh, like? Did that? I go that far around? I didn't think I didn't think I went that far around uh, <laughs> without answering. I think the way he, the way I did answer it, I, the way he held together. Yes. He would be proud of himself saying, I was focused. I was in the moment. I gave it all I got. I hit great shots. He hit great putts. And I, I think he can just go away. I didn't lose that playoff. Right. I gave it all I had. I just, you know, I just didn't come out on top. So, so uh, but it meant, 
Well, go ahead. So the next time you're in a, in that position, and and I'll use you as an example. The next time you're in that position, as you're as you're walking a hole, do, do you, are you smart enough to go? All right, look, I've been here before. You know what what didn't work well, what worked well, what's what what's my book go to here? Do you, do you go through that process? Yeah, but I think every moment's different. Every playoff's different. It's how you got there. So he made a great birdie putt to get there. Sure. So, so that alone is, I, I did what I had to do to get here. I, I got a chance to be number one. So uh, that's a big take right there. Huge mm -hmm. just to get into playoff. And, and then I think just the way he performed, both of them performed great at the playoff overall. Right. It wasn't great ball striking, but well, it was great. It was great guts golf. I'll tell you that. Guts golf. Yeah. I mean, and I'm yeah. so happy that it ended with, with Harris, one of them making a putt, not, not right. The old, oh, he can just two putt from here and win it. That kind of BS. Uh, yeah. You know, he, I think he had that putt probably seven times during the round. It, it seemed like it. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> seemed like uh, it. Uh, your man, Steve Stricker, wins the Senior Players Championship uh, at Firestone. Six stroke win over Jerry Kelly. Um, I'm well, impressed by the fact that he's able to do that while he still has that other job that he's working at, right? Ryder Cup captain who's got to, you know, He's got to pay attention to what's going on on the PGA Tour, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but that was a, that was an impressive victory. It really was. It's the third round after he got to nine under and he had a five-shot lead or whatever he had going into the uh, last day or going into the third round. And mm -hmm. he goes, birdie, birdie, birdie. He gets the 12. And I'm like, bye-bye. He's gone. And then all of a sudden he came back to the – field a little bit, got back to seven. He shot 39 or 40 on the back, which is not hard to do at Firestone. It, right. It's one of the most difficult courses I've ever played, the way it's set up, and the driving is so difficult. But Stricker is such a good, not only a ball striker, but his putting and chipping is phenomenal. Right. And one of the best I've ever seen. And he makes the game kind of look easy. But Jerry got it close. Yeah. And then Jerry, well. and then Jerry was four or five over on the last set of holes to really make it look like it was never that close. But he got it. I know he got to within three. I think he got within two. Yeah. At one time, and uh, it's you know it's hard to overcome a guy with a three or four shot lead if he's playing well on a course where it's really hard to shoot low on it. Mm -hmm. You got the the Dick's Sporting Goods Open, uh, which was canceled last year because of the pandemic. Um, so uh, obviously they're a little starved, and there'll be fans there as well. Um, yeah, they're limiting it though. Are they? Yeah, uh, they're. Uh, I think five. I think five. Okay. Yeah, really low. I'm surprised how low it's going to be. I stayed with I stayed with a family here since 1990. My second year on tour, I'm still staying with them. Their daughter nannying for us for two years when my daughter was born. And now she has two kids, and it, it's pretty cool. Uh, but it's a stop on the wow. tour that that I think that um, the golf course is way underrated, in my opinion. It's mm -hmm. really, really a good golf course. Everybody kind of puts it down because we're in Endicott, New York, and it's you know I I, I love it here. It's just a an, an old town. It's gone through some hard times. It's still going through some hard times, mm -hmm. but, but the people here are amazing. It's really a beautiful spot and the golf course rewards really good drivers. If you're driving it good, you can stay because it's a tree line golf course. You're going back and forth through the trees. 
and uh, parallel fairways and a lot of holes. And you got to stay out of the rough and you got to stay out of the, out of those daggone trees. And if you do, you can set up a lot of birdies. And if you don't, you're, you're going to be in trouble. So you, a lot of the holes are pretty narrow, good, good greens, good par threes. And the course has gotten in better and better shape. The last seven years has gotten better and better. And it's truly a public golf course. I mean, they get a lot of rounds of golf on this thing. How do you set up your trap? So you got, you have a family that you've been with since 1990. How do you set up your schedule and your travel um, as to where you're going to stay? Are you always with a family on, on the road or do you, is it, are there some tournaments where it's definitely a hotel? No, most tournaments. <laughs> I'm America's guest a lot of weeks, yes. but, uh, yes. but uh, <laughs> I really am. But I stay with families where we used to play like in Houston and here and, uh, in California, the Pebble, and a couple others, uh, Boca, uh, stay with Bernhard there, but uh, 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 in Virginia, I stay with a family. So on and on, I'll stay with a lot of families that I stay with on the regular tour, and we just have continued that with the Champions Tour, and, sure. and I'm really close to them. So those families I stay with, and then I'll stay in hotels the other times. Right. Um, and do you, are you like, uh, you take care of yourself in the hotels? You know, you can... You eat well, or is that like on the road? It's got to be. It's a grind, right? I mean, because you're not you're not traveling with uh, the wife and and anymore, right? No, not anymore. Not she had to come out hardly at all, unfortunately. But uh, our go to places are uh, Outbacks and or for me and most of my buddies, Outbacks and Carabas. Wow, so we nice. it's it's uh you know it's not elegant dining, which we don't like because that takes too long. It's just sure. we want to get in, get a good meal, and get out. Right. And and go back to the hotel and watch a little TV and go to bed. And uh, go ahead. I remember my first years in Augusta, Georgia, and I was covering the Masters. And I did uh, Lone Star Steakhouse with couples and Mr. Payne Stewart. And then Freddie went on home and Payne and I stayed out. (laughs) Late. Yeah, that's Payne. What a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Pain was a born again. huge lost, lost oh our tour. Absolutely. Well, you know, he I, was, I, I think we've talked about this. I mean, he was, before he was born again, he was at least to some of us. And it wasn't my experience because I met him right at the, the end of his hard partying. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't known as the nicest guy to media. I'm not sure what it was as far as the other tour guys, but he wasn't, he wasn't known as the nicest guy. And, I think part of that was how he was living. Um, and he literally, we stayed out till, I think I've told this story. We stayed out till to the wee hours in the morning on a f- Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's Friday cut down day at Augusta National, the Masters. And he had an early tea time and he missed the cut. And we were under that big tree right there at the clubhouse. Uh, and he was talking to a gaggle of us. And somebody said, "What do you think it is, Payne? What do you what do you what do you think? You know, why did you struggle?" And he kind of scratched his head and started talking. And then he just his eyes met my eyes, and my eyes said, "Oh, I know what happened. Like, <laughs> I know you're not taking care of yourself. Like, I was with you, you know, roughly five hours before tea time. Mm-hmm. You can't do that, and, mm-hmm. and 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 play and play the way you want to play. And it was, I think that." That next year is when he flipped the switch. Uh, yeah, and and you know, obviously things changed for him, and then a horrific loss. You're right; it was just 
to this day, you just, you, when you think about it, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, that's when those reports came out, there's a plane in the sky and they say it's your golfer, Payne Stewart. You're like, this is, this can't be. Can't yeah. Be right. Right. This can't be right. And it's, yeah, it was horrible. And they were thinking about shooting it down. Everything It's like, what is, it was such a bizarre circumstance. And I'm sure for the, for the PGA tour world, you guys are like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it was, it was a surreal thing. You just couldn't believe it was happening. And, and they were already dead in the airplane, uh, right. soon after the decompression, which was only takes seconds. If the pilots don't get that oxygen on and get down and right. it shouldn't have happened. And supposedly the oxygen bottle was either turned off or empty and they had three to seven seconds to get that on and they didn't and everybody dies. And then the plane just flying and they said if it was going to crash in a populated area, they were going to shoot it down. Right. And, um, you know, they didn't have to, but, uh, wow. Yeah, it really was. It, it shouldn't have happened, but Payne was still a fun guy after he's a different guy, but still a really fun guy. Sure. And he was sure. really, he was really, uh, not only unbelievably talented, but very confident and, but uh, practical joker. He was so fun really? uh, in the, in the trailer and uh in the fitness truck and uh he, he was incredible he was just so much fun to play with and watch him swing and watch him hit and uh he, he became more and more of a character the whole time so he was a big loss for our tour wearing knickers you know he had his, he branded himself right he was he was he was the guy uh other than norman he was the guy right. at the time and and then tiger came along obviously but right. uh you got to put those three guys are the most recognizable guys on a tour during that era, mm-hmm. well, I would I mean, think Payne went from wearing the knickers of his own style to then signing that NFL contract, which was brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely it was absolutely brilliant, right? He plays well, it made it a lot easier to put the uniforms together. <laughs> 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 just just wear the, the team colors. I don't think that you guys ever played in. I don't think he played in DC because I, I don't remember the burgundy and gold uh, knickers. But, well, he didn't. I played with him by. I qualified for congressional, my first tour event in whatever year that was, 83 or four when I was coaching. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing so long pants at the time. And I got paired with Payne on Saturday. I made the cut. And I was like, wow, this guy's really good. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, he was really good. And then it, I don't remember the first year he started wearing the knickers. But yeah, I don't either. Uh, and off the golf course, after seeing him wear the golf or wear the knickers, all the time on the golf course, you hardly recognize them off the golf course. Right. What's like, so I, I, uh, you know, I, I covered, like I said, I was in Augusta. I covered the masters. I got to know Jack Nicholas. And then in 97, they're playing Avenel or no, congressional for the open, uh, the senior open. And I get a call. Hey, Jack's on the course. Can you get over there and talk to him? It's a practice round. I'm like, sure. I go over there and talking to head pro. I'm like, Where's Jack? He's like right in front of you. I'm like, we mean right in front of me. He's right in front of you. What are you talking about? Where is he? The guy in the shorts, I'm like, what? I'd never <laughs> seen Jack Nicholas in shorts. It was a hot ass day. Practice around. He's like, screw that. I'm going in shorts. He's in the bunker. I'm like, okay, cool. But then I then it dawned on me that's that's the golden bear, which was an odd sight. Um pain. I so I made the mistake because I thought it was a really cool look. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna get some knickers and I'll wear the the chapeau. And a man of my stature should never wear knickers. <laughs> now it looks like Dorf on golf. I look like Tim Conway playing golf. It was yeah. 
when I saw a picture, I'm like, my God, I look like I have no legs. Not a good look. <laughs> I thought I looked sharp as hell. I'm like, this is cool. And guys like, oh, Nicker's pretty cool. By the way, they're going, um, well, he just looks like he's a midget. This is, 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 that, is that a wrong term? <laughs> oh, my God. Terrible. Terrible. That's a bad uh, look. That's funny. Uh, uh, the Olympic team has been set, Fred Funk. Your Olympians uh, on the men's <sighs> side will be Mr. Justin Thomas, Mr. Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, and Bryson DeChambeau, who've all said, can't wait, love it, love to represent the country. The alternates will be uh, Mr. Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Tepka, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, and Tony Finau. So I'm really hoping that, like, I don't know, how, I don't know, I don't know if they do this in an order, but, like, two of the guys have to leave, and Brooks has to come on the squad with Bryson. That'd be funny for me. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's the second time that the golf will be in the Olympics. Um, would you have wanted to, to do that? Yeah, when they first announced it, though, I didn't think it was needed in golf because the guys are always asked. You know, they already got the Ryder Cup. They have the President's yeah. Cup. Right. Uh, they have all these championship things they're doing. And then I was thinking, you know, why are they going to ask these guys to do one more thing? But then – they had that first one, and yeah. the way everybody reacted, it was it was great. And to try to represent – anytime you got a chance to represent your country, mm-hmm. that's that's a huge deal. To get a, any medal, but to get a gold medal is would be ridiculous. But any medal, that's the thing. When, uh, they stigmatize so much. If you're a non-medal winner, it's like you're a loser in the Olympics. Right. I mean, you're and, and, and you're on the Olympic team. And, and I, I hate that. I said, you're kidding me. I mean, you got, and even if you're a bronze medalist, like yeah. you almost need to be a silver or a gold or you get no respect. Matt Kutcher got, <laughs> got bronze. I think I know he did get, yeah. And he took it around everywhere. I think he was yeah. using it as a ball mark for a while, but <laughs> <laughs> that would be but spectacular. That, that would be, you mind moving that eight to the left place. Okay. Oh my God. That'd be, that'd be, if I'm Justin Rose, I have it here I'm quietly. The first tournament I'm out there, I'm putting, you know, a, and you leave your ball there on purpose. And that guy, can you mark that? Oh, sure. And you just lay down your gold medal. Bam. <laughs> That would be hysterical. Gotcha. That say, I get in your kitchen yet? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I mean, like I they said, named the women too, I think, didn't they? Yes, and I've already forgotten. And I, that's my. Well, favorite. I know the Corda, the Corda sisters are in. And by the way, how about uh, uh, Nelly Corda? Um, yeah, the run that she's on right now. I played a yeah. poem with Jessica Corda a few years ago at Kings Mill. And I'm just watching the swing. It's I love better, that course. Right? Oh, it's a tremendous course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tremendous course. Um, and then I'm t- we're talking to her, and then she goes, wait till you see my sister. And I'm like, what? She goes, oh, yeah, my younger sister, Nellie. She's, she's about to come on tour. And I'm like, she's just as good as you? And she goes, she might be better. I'm like, holy moly. And right now, she is, she's hotter than July. Uh, she's playing really good golf. And what she did at the U.S. Open uh, – are their open is, is spectacular. I mean, that's really I think cool I watch. think their brother their brothers in tennis. So I think I heard the stat. Yes, Sebastian Corda will play on the Olympic team. Yeah, those two are going to be. So it's the, it's the first time that three siblings are going to be in the uh, representing uh, in the Olympics. Um, the, pretty good gene pool. Yeah, well, Peter Corda was a great tennis player. Um, yeah. And uh, I think the mother was an athlete as well. So, yeah, they just came right out of the womb going, 
four. Uh, <laughs> maybe not four because I hit it down the fairway. <laughs> um, by the way, just for those who are wondering, so uh, Justin Rose won the gold. You know who won the silver? No. Henrik Stenson. And then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should, yeah. Well, I should have known that. But, yeah, you're right. The bronze. Um, cool. Uh, anything else on your mind? Uh, that what's yeah, what's coming up? A rocket mortgage. Rocket, rocket mortgage. Rocket mortgage. Uh, Ricky Fowler has announced that he and his wife are expecting a child. Um, I wonder because you know everybody's talking about Ricky and his game and how it's been, he's starting to putt a little better, but they always thought he's the next guy to win a major. I wonder how having a child will affect his game. How did the child having a child affect your game? How did when Taylor came along? No, oh, it was so cool. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, proud Papa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool. I think it put things in perspective a little better. Like golf was a little less important, but then all at the same time, golly, I'm a dad, I'm family and I better keep making money. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a college to pay for. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. That's why I got him practicing so hard. So we get a scholarship. Let me tell you something. And he does, he's still grinding like a bear i see his instagram stuff man it's it's he's every it's like all the time he's out there putting a swing on there i would not put my swing on social media because you know i look like a guy swatting a butterfly in a, in a phone booth but uh -oh. he he that's a, a beautiful swing i remember meeting him at congressional uh he caddied for you did he caddy for you mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. when I first mm -hmm. met him, and I, he was much tinier uh back then uh, but you, you said oh, he's a player, and uh, so he is good. Well, you know, all these kids are really good. So you got to find a way to separate. We've talked about that, and mm -hmm. and uh, he's still working on trying to figure out how to. It's still bottom line of what you shoot. No matter how you do it, right. you got to put a score on it on the card, and he's got to start getting a little more consistent. And he's capable of making a lot of birdies because right. he has so much power and so much opportunity to hit short stuff into the holes, like all these guys now. It seemed like. I mean, if I hit. No more than eight iron into a par four all day. You're, yeah. I think I would be really happy to go out there every day. Just say, how many birdies am I going to make today? Right, right. And par fives you can reach into, and just go out there and say, I'm going to have fourteen great opportunities for birdie. So let's see how good I do. I can do. Mm -hmm. And I'm out there now. All the way I play is <laughs> like I used to always think I had more opportunities for birdies and bogeys, and now so I flipped it. <laughs> <laughs> now I have more opportunities for bogeys and birdies. So uh, I, I, I'm trying to switch that around. I understand. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. Always. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm I'm going to do it till I die, and hopefully I got a little longer. <laughs> I got to shoot my age here sooner or later. Oh, boy. I, but, uh, you know, I How keep you? shooting high, 65. 65? You can shoot your age. I know I can. Yeah, 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 I can. I usually do around 15 or 16. Nice, nice. Yeah. Are, yeah. Uh, does Taylor have his own golf uh, instructor, his own coach, or are you his coach? Yeah, yeah. No, Jeff Smith out of uh, okay. Vegas. Really would good coach. Have, would that have he worked. worked? I wish I was his coach because he would have been more of a field player than a yeah. – I, I wouldn't have cared about positions. I said, you just go out there and right. I don't care what it looks like. Right. Just score. Right. <laughs> just that's score. What, that's, that's what Jordan Spieth – Finally yeah. Back to is the feeling, yeah. right? He was so that's what into the, the mechanics and process that you could see it, right? And when he's back yeah. off shots, like I'm, I thought I was looking at Sergio there for a while. He was just messing with his hands on the club. I'm like, what is who is that? And then yeah, 
all of a sudden, boom, uh, the putting stroke became butter again. Um, and that is it's a feel thing. I just switched to putter my last round because I, I banned my other one back to the to the back uh, to the trunk of my car because it just wasn't doing anything. And I put that putter in my hand, and the first ball I hit, I was like, "Ooh, feels really good." That's the same putter I had three months ago, and I got rid of. Like, what am I? Yeah, that's a mental midget. Well, I just found a little something last week because I went out Saturday and uh, I went on the other golf course, the West course with a cart and a bucket of balls to get away from everybody and just start beating balls. And I found in my setup, I was falling on my toes and leaning too far forward. And, right. and I basically had all my weight was all messed up coming through the ball. I had no balance. So I worked on trying to get my feet under me a little more, which felt really awkward. And made it feel like it was a little closer to the ball, but basically right. just getting my feet and having my weight, what feels like more on my heels instead mm -hmm. of my toes and always try to get them on the center, but I was leaning too far. But anyway, I got them under me and all of a sudden I stopped pulling them and I was hitting the ball a little better. And I went, I'm going to do this tomorrow. And I shot 71 Boom. Uh, and uh, hit the ball a lot better off the tee, which is if I don't hit it good off the tee, I'm dead because yeah, I, I got to be in, I got to be, if I'm going to be short, I better be down the middle. And that's really hard driving course. And I actually had it under par through 12 holes. And I just scooped up one par three and part uh, three putter from 15 feet. I was so mad on 15. And, and uh, I just wanted to have one good round at Firestone after shooting 80 the day before. Actually, it was a great 80. I had a, I was eight over after eight. I was 12 over with three to go. And I'm about to shoot my highest score on the tour. I thought, I don't even know what it is. It's 82, 83, something like that. Right. And I went, golly, I, I, I can't get this thing in the house. I birdie 16. I birdie 17. I finally hit a good drive on 18. I had nine iron in there and I hit five to five feet and I got it for 79. I said, this would be like the best 79 of my life. Right. And I missed it. Ooh. I hit it where I wanted, but I missed it. And anyway, so I shoot 80 there and it, yeah. You're hot. But, You're hot. uh, yeah, I was, a, I was a little upset. I mean, I was it would have been ecstatic over seventy nine. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I mean, know. unbelievable! It's like yeah. the first time I ever broke eighty. It was one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> and how long does the uh, does the the uh, disgust stick with you during the night? Uh, it was gone after the first or second or third or fourth glass yeah. of wine. Yeah, oh, yeah, wine. sorry, yes. more wine. Yeah, one of those. I stayed with the family. They were winers. They're winers. Yeah, they were winers. Um, I'll end, with, I'll end with this. The beginning of our podcast is always the, the beginning of our podcast is my call of your putt on 16 at Caves Valley when you were your back was killing you. Because I remember you uh -huh. hanging over in the fairway and then you hit the shot to the back portion of this green that has a ridiculous slope in it. And I'm practicing uh, my own thing so I can get a job with the PGA Tour radio. So I got my phone out and I'm calling the shot and you nailed this putt that should never Never have gone in. I'm sorry. Just it was, should never have gone. In. It was a great putt. It was somewhere in the range of 30 feet, but it had to bend. It was like a rom, but bent more. And the ball goes in, and you put the, the crowd goes crazy, and your hands go up, and then you take your hat and your glasses and you throw them on the on the green. I mentioned that because I played that course uh, on Monday, and on that very same hole, I blasted a drive. That's a par five. Yeah. Yep. Over that ridge, drive. yeah. Yes, I blasted the drive from RTs, 
Uh, reachable in two. I had, I think, 240 in, and I, I'm a lefty. I pulled it into the right rough. We never found the ball. And as I'm approaching, I'm like, now nah, I'm just disgusted because I saw where it went. We, we got two caddies. We got four guys playing. Never found the ball. And I was, huh. I was so hot. I'm like, this is, uh. and then I'm thinking to myself, this is the green where Funk made the putt. Son of a bitch. Did, you know, I aced the next hole after that. Did you ace that? Yeah. Not that, I, not that day. Not that I think day. it was the same day. It wasn't the same no, day? No, because uh, I walked with you to the next because I wanted to check on you because you were hurt. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was. Uh, that's right. So it was. Uh, yeah. You aced what day did I ace it? I did ace it one of those days. It must have been Saturday. It was that's, Saturday. Then. That's a tough That's a tough hole. Uh, that little. Well, the ball's got to end up somewhere. It just happened to be in the hole. So. <laughs> How many aces <laughs> do you have in your career? I lost track. 18, I think. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen who are listening. He just said he lost track of his aces. 18, he thinks. I know at least 18, but yeah. Don't take this personally, but you piss me off. I've got I've played golf since whatever, and I've never I've had a hole in three. I've got an albatross. I've never had a hole in one. I actually almost had one last week. I called it. I said, it's about time for this hole in one. And I hit the eighth at Manor Country Club and it went towards the cup and we could see it from 165 lip out, but it power lift out mm. to, to eight feet. And so it went from ace to par because I missed the birdie putt. And that's, that's the story of my golf game. Thanks so much for listening. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> good luck this week in Endicott, New York. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods open. Uh, play better. Keep grinding. Um, yeah. I got senior uh, open next week at Omaha. Big one. Are you going to fly there? Believe it or not, no. You're going to drive from New York to Omaha. Eight, 16 and a half hours with my caddy because he can't do it alone. And I said, I'm going to cancel my flight. I'll go with you. So oh we're going to, yeah. What no a nice kidding. guy you are. Who's your caddy? Uh, he's an old guy. I went to school with him in Maryland. He's a Terp. Another Terp he, guy. Yeah. Van Silver. He's a good dude. Wow. He was my best buddy's roommate at uh, at Maryland, and he played on the golf team. Okay, a little bit, you, and uh, you keep a lot of your ties with your Maryland guys. You do. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a turk. Um, and I'm so we're gonna drive sixteen hours and and bond a little bit. Uh, I'm still waiting on to caddy for you. By the way, just so you know, um, one I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to pick the hottest in the hilliest well, course, and I, I, I just I just want to see you shape again. No, no, I don't know. No, because what I, did, <laughs> I ordered six pairs of those those uh, pants. There you go. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So there's no chafing. And I and I, I emailed. I'm going to admit this now. I emailed Ted Scott, who was on our podcast. And I said the title was uh, Caddy Chafing. And then I proceeded to say, hey, you're on our podcast. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks again for coming on. Weird question. Um, your professional opinion what? on the best the best ointment. To, to <laughs> yourself for he and answered I, I know and i just said period stop laughing i've not gotten the answer yet but i'm sure oh, i'll get one I'm you'll sure get, one. get one yeah nothing like talking chafing on a podcast let me tell you no <laughs> no <laughs> all right good luck uh and we'll talk next week before uh the open um yep. that is the hawk fred funk i am chick hernandez not chafing and this is terps on the team <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.